This is Party Wall Pro, the podcast where surveyors tell you how they first started and how they've grown their business, making it easier for you to get to the top. Hi, and uh, welcome to another edition of Party Wall Pro, the podcast. Um, I'm very excited to have Michael Cooper with us today. Um, Michael is currently um, a director and head of Neighbourly Matters at Colliers International. Uh, with offices around the country, uh, the team spread in, in different offices around the country. Um, before that, Michael, you were with uh, the CBR, CBRE and Savills. He's uh, over 25 years of experience and his knowledge is sought by many, including the RICA, um, who asked him to co-write the latest party war. And he's now also a uh, London committee member of the Pyramus and Thisbe Club, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Michael. Uh, very excited to have you here. So, from your short bio, I, I see you've you've only worked with monsters: yes? <laughs> Colliers International, CBRE, Savills. Um, is that is that how you started? Uh, no. I interestingly, I started. Um post A-levels, um, didn't know what I was going to do with my life and um, I joined a very small practice of surveyors as an architectural technician um, and this was for an introduction for my father who was a civil engineer and suggested that the construction industry might be a path to follow so um, that, that was where I started off. Alright and from, and from there? Um, well from there uh, I, I I realised that this was a, a good career path um, and building surveying at the time was um, uh, a, a very sought after uh, professionally because there were very few surveyors around and I think there still are to a certain extent. Um, and then uh, I went uh, back to university, I got a degree um, and um, got very interested in party wall surveying during that degree course and fell out the other end and joined a very small practice and uh, became uh, or started specialising in party walls uh, long before I moved on to the big corporate organisations that you mentioned. So uh, yeah, it was it was um, through choice that I went into party walls as a specialism. But I did spend a couple of years with other organisations, learning general surveying, and uh, then get moving on to get my charter. Right. Oh, so actually, yeah. So from very early on, you had you you were you were tempted and interested by by party wall. That's that's quite interesting because because normally people tend kind of tend to fall into it, um, whereas that was that was your your path. And so it it would be interesting to know actually the difference um, because I think you're you're one of the first ones that has been consistently well not consistently but at least recently with with bigger bigger corporations. The, the kind of difference between working with, uh, with the you know, Goliaths of this world as opposed to the smaller practices and what, what are the kind of pros and cons? Well, I think there's advantages to both. Um, my suggestion is though that when in party walls in particular, uh, we cross a wide range of clients. Um, from small residential developments right the way up to uh, large commercial developments. Um, but the approach um, dictated by the legislation itself is, is one of consistency. So it doesn't matter if it's a large project or a small project. Um, the difference between working for a large organisation 
versus a small organisation. I think there are advantages to both. Um, in a larger organisation, the pool of resources and knowledge is more readily available, particularly in-house. And that's very useful. Even as a party rule surveyor, we, we often come across things that we're not familiar with, um, and we use other professionals to advise us in the, uh, uh, you know, in, in the administration of the Act. And I think it's quite advantageous to have those other professionals sitting near you or nearby that you can rely upon for that type of support. Um, in a large, smaller organisation, you've obviously got to go looking for, for that type of um, information. It doesn't mean to say it's not available, uh, but it, it's, it's less readily available, should I say. Um, but of course, there's also the disadvantages um, that come with a corporate structure um, and probably having to understand more international law and how that affects your business on a day-to-day -day basis that introduces a, an element of red tape um, but I, I think, from my own view, having worked in both, um, I'm a party rule practitioner, so I, I run a specialist team within a large organisation, and I think that's no different to running a small te or, or a team within your own business or in a small business. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. Right, yeah. And in terms of workload, so... Um, I, I guess in a smaller practice, you need to go out there and get, get work, whereas... In, in, a, in a big international corporation like that, you do get work from other departments as well. It, that's very true. Um, having said that, though, my first corporate, for want of a better description, um, I, was, I was very much um, on my own. Um, and you have to still build up the confidence even within your own organisation. Um, other people will have clients, and a, a client is a very personal thing, I find. Um, it tends to be less corporate, even within large organisations. It tends to be individual contact. Um, and people within the organisation want to know that you're good at what you do before they introduce you to clients. So, nevertheless, I think you're still building up a business within a business, uh, whether you're in a corporate or a small uh, practice. And it is about your own reputation. Whilst being in a larger practice does help for the introductions, um, clients are very, in the party rule world, they're very um, used to using a particular individual uh, for party rule, rights of light, or other neighbourly matters, um, and very reluctant to change. And I think it's convincing your colleagues and convincing their clients that you know what you're doing. Um, and... and, and I don't think the work comes flowing in as much as people think it might. Um, we still go hunting for it, um, and we still have to convince clients that we're good at what we do. All right. Okay. So, so in terms of ratio, like as as in party wall kind of support, you know, the support function for other um, other departments and your own standalone stuff. What would you say? Um, I would I would hazard to say that the majority of my team's work comes through the context that I have established over the years. Um, uh, great, I've, I've recently joined Colliers within the last year or so, um, and uh, I think that there's a recognition there amongst the Colliers team uh, that, that this is a very good service line. We're introducing uh, rights of light uh, services and, and, and other uh, complementary services to neighbourly matters. Um, and, and I think that there's a recognition there that we're a growing brand within the brand, 
uh, people were having a lot more confidence in us. So we're going places, I think. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah, thank you. So actually, well, that, that, that fits in well with um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, okay, let's, let's go back 25 years. Um, and what, how did you manage to get your first party wall instruction? By yourself, not, not where you were working, where you got your first job, per se, but as, as you, you know, the first, the first owner that came to you individually and said, might on something. Well, I think um, I'd been working in a small practice for a number of years, um, eventually decided to sort of branch away from a very experienced and well-known uh, specialist at the time. And I went and joined a large organisation. And um, it was a client that followed me from uh, an experience he had had with me as somebody else's assistant, strangely. Um, and he had the confidence to place... Uh, an instruction with me as a name surveyor. Um, I must admit, I had my own nerves at the time because moving from an assistant, albeit I was a senior surveyor, but still an assistant to a name surveyor, into the role of being a name surveyor, I was I was quite concerned, um, and I was I, I did as thorough a job as I could. Um, and actually, it, we built on that relationship, and he's still a client now, as I'm pleased to say, and and. Um, Part of his organisation, as it grew and expanded, people joined and moved on and joined other organisations. They've all remained and are clients to this day as well. So that was a, it was a great uh, first job because it led to many, many more. All right. And so that, that was commercial. That was your first, not residential, it was commercial stuff. It was a large house builder at the time. Um, and uh, it was a job on the river, uh, the River Thames. Um, it was a very interesting job. It was, very, it was an awful lot that came out of it, and I learned a lot. It was on the site of an old abattoir, um, and before that, a candle factory. Um, and there were all sorts of issues with regards to contaminated land, etc. Um, large excavations had to take place, all of which were notifiable under the Act on adjacent properties. Um, it, it, it was really interesting and a real experience, and, and quite exciting. Um, and it also brought in other areas of neighbourly matters, negotiation of licences for access, um, oversailing for cranes, um, all of which you know, we went into and, and uh, um, delivered for the client at the end of the day. They got a very um, a good development and were very happy with what they had. Strangely enough, that same client, though, um, went on to instruct me on a small uh, extension on his house. So it wasn't uh, entirely, uh, you know, commercial development, but it, 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 it led on to smaller residential development as well. So oh, that's, that's good. So, um, so, so how do you, how did you do to develop it from, okay, this one client that came to you, and to kind of a sustainable practice over years? So obviously, you know, you get your first job, you're all excited and stuff, and so where do you take it from there? What's the next step? Well. That was a, a struggle. It took time. Um, it was word of mouth, uh, the, the one client, and as I said, people that worked for him and moving on to other organisations. Um, I think you have to deliver. You have to be um, professional. You have to stand by your own convictions um, and, and be reliable. Um, but also, it does help when you are starting off. You have the time to spend on every job and every client. 
Um, and that's something that I press upon my team now, is find the time to speak to your clients all the time. Keep them on side, make them understand that you're there for them. Uh, because when they are, have the confidence to use you, they will pass your name on to others. And over the years, that's basically how we've developed quite a strong presence within the party of all arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's funny, that's, that's kind of, it comes back all the time. It's, it's consistency and there's no, there's no kind of secret weapon to develop a, a fast-growing party war practice, is there? I, I wish there was. Um, I, I think you have, to, you have to demonstrate that you can do it. Um, you have to learn to adapt. Um, the legislation itself doesn't change, but the case law behind it does. And you have to stay in tune with that. You have to be on the ball. You have to recognise what those um, county court decisions or even higher court decisions mean to the interpretation that you place on the Act. You have to be forward-thinking, forward-moving, and also, at the same time, I think clients expect you to deliver perhaps more than is on the packet. Um, they, they want you to advise them when something else might be coming that they haven't seen coming um, and, and, and you know, be ahead of the game. So, no, there, there isn't a, a magic answer to just suddenly getting clients. I don't think that happens. And I, actually, yeah, you, you said that the legislation doesn't change, but case law does. How do you keep, how do you keep on top of, of case law? Um, but there's a very good network of surveyors. Um, there's various clubs and organisations. Um, some are better known than others. Um, many of us are members of a particular club called the Pyramus and Hisbury Club, which is, um, it is, as the club suggests, it doesn't make you an expert, but it gives you the opportunities to meet with your peers, um, discuss cases that have happened, or even be enlightened on a case that you didn't know about. Um, Staying in touch with other surveyors and understanding how opinions are changing or even how construction is changing and how we interpret that construction within the definitions provided by the legislation. Um, it, it really is a case of networking with your peers um, at the same time with the legal profession and, and keeping up to speed with county court or higher court decisions. Um, and, sh and sharing that information with, with others because you would expect them to share it back as well. Um, it keeps us all on our toes, keeps us all enlightened. Um, we don't necessarily all have the same opinions, uh, but at the same time, we can help to formulate a, uh, an interpretation of some uh, awkward pieces of legislation or awkward interpretations mm. um, and, and, and maybe come to um, a, a more... Uh, should we say, a better supported argument where there are more people involved that have the same view um, and we can put that forward perhaps to, um, to you know, encourage, um, should we say, discussion or development of ideas. Yeah. So, okay, so once you, you are in the this, in this circle, you'll, you'll stay updated. And, but so how do you get into that circle? So it, it's... If, if you, you know, as a young, young surveyor or even, even not, someone who's interested in, in the area, uh, what's the best way to get there? 
Um, you can join the club. You don't have to be um, chartered. You don't have to um, have any qualification. You don't have to have years of experience. Come along and meet with more senior surveyors, um, and they're always willing to share an experience or two over a beer. Um, but also, I think it is a case of um, uh, asking the question, be prepared to listen, um, learn from the, the, the worldly wise. I remember when I first joined the club, I listened to many an experience about and heard of their experiences. Now I form my own opinions. I don't necessarily agree with them all, but it was a great starting point for me, and it was a good, a good way to learn more um, and, and listen to experiences, really. When, it is all about experience. Um, being a good party wall surveyor is experience, but there's no reason why you can't have the experience of others supporting you when you're learning um, and, and, and still be very, very good. Um, you may not have had those experiences yourself, but to listen to others, um, learn what they did in a particular circumstance and how to get around awkward problems um, will stand you in good stead. Yeah, yeah. And, and so if, if you wanted to to study, where, yeah, where, where do you start in terms of studying from, from you know, the, the uh, graduates and uh, where, where, where do they look? Because, like, the, the interesting thing is, like, what kind of people do you recruit with what kind of background do you, is your preference? What makes a good party wall surveyor? Um, well, I start with graduates that are straight out of the university. Um, one of the, 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 the criteria for me is that they must have an interest in, in neighbourly matters. They must be interested in party walls. Whatever that interest is, um, it's something that it is, is a basic fundamental to do in party walls. And you have to have an interest um, and you want to develop that interest. The starting point, I would suggest, is reading the Act. Um, giving your own interpretation to it, understanding it. Then there are books that are available that have been written by eminent surveyors or even members of the legal profession that, that you can pick those up and read them. Um, I start with what we call the Green Book, which is published by the Pyramus and Hisby Club. Um, it gives an interpretation of the, um, the legislation itself for various sections. And then its application. Um, we always start our graduates with um, the understanding the basic forms, the form of notice, uh, standard letters, standard documentation. And then we do take the time to teach our graduates the, um, the, the purpose for various sort of sentences or phrases that we use in various letters, or why we use those phrases and how it came about. And so we ask them to look at the history of party rules and we try and teach them the history of party rules and an understanding of why we use certain terms or definitions to describe certain actions, etc. Um, because it is primarily, it's, it's born out of case law, um, an understanding of what the works are, what, what's involved, um, for, without wanting to preach on the Party Wall Act itself. The Party Wall Act is there to um, afford one owner uh, rights to develop, um, but at the same time, making them look closely at what they're doing and in the context of protecting an adjoining owner and ensuring that they are looking after the interests of the adjoining owner while having what they want, which is the development. Um, and I think our graduates, we start them with 
uh, a job shadowing surveyors and uh, more senior surveyors who will take the time and explain both the work and the application of the Act and then we encourage reading and CPD and turning up to events like the Pyramids and Disney Club and various other organisational events and CPD lectures. Um, that's another advantage, I guess, of being in a large organisation. We have um, the opportunity to plenty of CPD talks. So um, we do encourage our graduates to turn up and learn more about the wider world out there and, and, and at the same time focusing their attention on party rules and neighbouring matters. Yeah, yeah, and and do you, do you think what what makes a, a a good a lot of a lot of people have been saying that um, you know the knowledge of the, the construction is very important because yeah you can you can know the the act inside out but you know you need the practical element there so so are you are you looking for structural engineers and and you know maybe with background of architecture and, and that kind of stuff as well or um, certainly, we for our graduates we look for people that come from a, a background of a degree in surveying. Um, it, I mean, that's not to say that uh, an architectural degree won't stand in good stead as well. Um, but a, a professional qualification or professional degree, um, where there's an element of uh, understanding of construction, construction technique, um, it's very important when applying the Party Wall Act that you understand what the works actually are, um, and it, it, it takes a long time, I think, to learn the subterranean world. Um, party wall surveyors can call upon other experts to offer them advice, and I often use uh, uh, an engineer um, who advises me on subterranean work. Um, that's not to say that over the years I haven't developed a very good understanding of uh, subterranean development. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, my knowledge of certain aspects isn't there, and I rely upon other professionals to guide me. Um, but I do need to know what questions to ask them. Um, I think understanding construction is paramount to being a good party wall surveyor. Um, the understanding of legislation is equally important, but you need to understand how buildings go together and the potential for an effect on an adjacent structure. Because after all, I think our role as part of all surveyors is to mitigate the effect of construction and to warn both developing owners and adjoining owners of the potential effect um, and not understanding construction, not understanding what drawings are placed in front of you, not understanding what you're awarding um, would be a, a, a very great mistake. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you've been doing this for 25 years. You're obviously enjoying it. Um, so, but... You know, the flip side, what is, what is the frustrating side of, of being a party wall surveyor? Um, I probably, probably one thing sums it up. Um, we're there to resolve a dispute. Um, a, a dispute, the term dispute by its very nature is, is, is something that suggests that there are two neighbours at war. The neighbours don't need necessarily to be at war. They're looking for you to come in and advise and protect property and protect assets. Um, I think some surveyors um, do take it personally and think that we're there to create a dispute. And I think that that's a frustrating thing. Um, I would suggest that many surveyors need to understand that the role of the appointed surveyor is really there to look after the properties and make sure that the 
um, permitted works are managed correctly, um, and uh, the, or the, the works are permissible, first of all, within the legislation, um, but then also to understand that we're not at war with one another, um, we're both on the same side, we're administering the Act, um, and, and we're there not to create further dispute, we're there to resolve the disputes in hand. And I think um, that's one of my frustrations, is um, that surveyors sometimes look too far beyond the actual instruction. Um, now, I, I'm keen to ensure that um, when I'm involved that we look very closely at what we're there for. Um, we do advise clients of matters that are outside of the Act, but we don't necessarily become involved with them unless the clients wish us to. And we're not there to create further dispute. Um, we're there to resolve the dispute or resolve the matters in hand. Um, so my, my biggest bugbear, as it were, is is, um, is surveyors that run off at tangents and don't deal with what we're supposed to be dealing with under the Act. Yeah, yeah. So other surveyors, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's probably unfair to say that. It's, it's, it's often uh, clients that don't understand the role as well. Um, I, th I think that, that you know it's very diff it's very easy for uh, neighbours that don't see each other, um, don't understand what the works are, with, and don't have it explained well to them to go off at tangents. Um, and I think it's very important for party wall surveyors to recognise where you know these tangents can go can come in, um, and and help to guide the client away from conflict and more into resolution of dispute. Um, it's very important, I think, in our role as party wall surveyors that we administer the Act with an even hand for both owners and correctly, as the Act advises, um, and, and not be led by a particular client or, or, or to go off at tangents when we don't need to. Deal with the matters in hand and get it done properly and professionally. Mm. Do, you have, do you have an example of, of, of a case that went horribly wrong? Um, horribly wrong? Uh, no, fortunately, but um, <laughs> I, I would suggest that there are there are occasions when uh, construction techniques that are awarded are not necessarily followed. And as a party wall surveyor, we're not there to enforce the awards that we make. Um, and I think we're often seen as a sort of policing organisation. You know, we're, we're, we're the person that people can run to and say, well, look, the chap next door isn't putting the temporary works in. Um, and unfortunately, the, the legislation doesn't lend itself to being policed um, once the award has been made. Um, it's for the owners to seek enforcement of awards, and that has to rely then on the legal profession um, and injunctions and various other sort of nasty mechanisms. And I think it's, it's when the award isn't followed, either by an owner or by a contractor, that things can go horribly wrong. Um, we are making an award after all that is robust and um, it should be followed and that's when it does go wrong when it's not followed ends in litigation and litigation has all the horrors of expense and uh, and time and and not least I don't think anybody necessarily wins in litigation because of the the cost and expense involved with it um, and and that is really um, when awards are not followed um, and nobody wins when that happens. Yeah, yeah. The only the only winners are the lawyers normally. Sure. Yes. So, so, so to yeah to conclude. So if so, um, the kind of the listeners um, are people who are interested in in starting 
starting a party war practice or are interested in, in joining a party war firm. Um, a word of advice for someone who wants to start a practice from scratch, let's say. What, where should they start um, in terms of even, you know, education and then where to go from there, how to get access, maybe get their first instruction without, without scraping the land registry website, obviously. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, where, where, should, where, should, where should they start? Well, it's certainly not scraping the land registry websites and, and, and development. That's, uh, cold calling is, is, is really not, uh, not on. Um, it's, I, I think, first of all, the knowledge of construction and, and a background in construction is, is essential. Don't start trying to think that you're party wall surveyor or any other type of surveyor without being um, qualified in some way or, or, or at least having um, a good level of experience of construction, construction techniques. Um, and don't offer that you are a party wall surveyor when you haven't got that type of grounding because you're not, in my view. Um, a party wall surveyor does need to have construction knowledge. Um, where you learn that is obviously through you know, development of a career, um, normally starting with um, a university degree um, and moving on to a professional charter or qualification with the RICS or RIBA. Um, that, that's a good starting point. Um, learning construction is first. Moving on to party walls, um, I think it helps to have some experience, um, perhaps with another organisation. Setting up practice on your own when you are a chartered surveyor um, means that you can actually go out and do any field of surveying. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing any field of surveying. I certainly don't touch certain aspects of surveying because uh, I've never had training or experience in them. Um, stick with what you know, know what you know, know what you don't know, but know where to find an answer is my advice always to graduates. Um, it, I, I would also say um, it, it's, it's important to recognise your limitations. Um, and even in the administration of the Party Rule Act, um, I call in, as I said, other professionals sometimes, like an arboriculturist, for instance, when I need advice on whether or not a tree will die as a consequence of somebody digging up an excavation, or an engineer when it comes to soil and, uh, investigations and uh, loading capacities and so on. So I think you need to understand the limitations. How, how you go about growing a business, I would say it's reputation, do a good, good job, um, keep the clients informed. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that we have now with ever increasing technology is um, not picking up the phone and not informing clients of the steps that we're taking. Um, it's very easy for us to go quiet for two months and then a, quiet, a client to get disgruntled with the fact that we're not telling them that we're doing something thinking we're not doing anything, where we might be working flat out to do everything we can for them, we need to keep clients informed. And I think, uh, I think that's, if you are setting up your own business or starting in any profession, including party rules or, uh, or um, building surveying, um, is understand that at the end of the day, we're there for our clients, um, we're there for their needs and for their developments, and we need to sort of keep them praise of what's happening. They don't understand our world. We're there to help them, guide them through what can be a tricky process. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned technology quickly. Yeah. Any tools that you recommend? 
not 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 our tool, obviously. But what? Yeah, what kind of technology do you do you actually use on a day to day basis? Um, well, I, I, it's strange. I mean, technology has developed considerably. We take condition surveys with dictaphones, but now I can speak into my phone and have my phone translate that to a Word document and print it out almost word for word. Um, technology is certainly enhancing the way that we work. Um, it's adding value, but at the same time, it can hinder the way that we work if we don't use it wisely. Um, too many people send emails too quickly without consideration, um, quite often repeating themselves, and typos and grammatical errors abound, um, and I think we need to slow down a little bit in the use of technology and, and, and start talking to one another again. Um, but it is helping, uh, certain, uh, certainly with digital age, um, cameras, etc. Um, when I first started surveying, we used to have to print out thousands of uh, photographs that took an absolute age. I remember sticking them all into uh, our reports. Uh, uh, now we can send it all on a disc to a client, which is very helpful. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm for technology, but don't let it take over and remain communication um, on a face-to-face -face or one-to-one -one basis with clients is mm -hmm. so important. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really good. Great. Well, thank you so much. Who, who do you think I should interview next? Um, there's a young lady called Keely Matthews at uh, Malcolm Hollis. Uh, I, I, she's now a senior surveyor, I think. Um, and I've known her for a number of years. She has a, a, an, a, an excellent way with, with clients, uh, very good communication skills. And I think um, that, that she would be a, a good advocate for, for the profession and for particle surveyors. Um, and she is a very good particle surveyor. So that's oh, great idea, because I'm, I'm looking for more, more women to interview. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for your time. It was great to have you. You're uh, welcome. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Take care.